get all the office gossip you can get from your cat. Come to the water cooler for a casual chat. Hey there, and welcome to the Freelancer Water Cooler. I'm Ansley Phones. Uh, with me is my co-host, Carly Crawford. Uh, this is our Hello. Ver- Hello. <laughs> Yay, I'm so glad we're doing this. Um, this is our first episode, and we're going to have our first guest, Paige Schmidt of pageschmidt.com. And um, since this is our first episode, Carly, who are you? What do the people need to know about you? Uh, I'm Carly Crawford, and I am an enrolled agent, which is a fancy term for tax preparer who took a bunch of tests. And I am also a bookkeeper, um, and I'm also kind of a catch-all administrator type person um, who works from home for a bunch of different clients. You've got you got a lot of hats. I have many hats. Um, I, I believe at last count, I have seven, we call them in our house, columns uh, that my work falls under. So uh, when I get a new opportunity that I want to say yes to, uh, Nikki, my fiance, is like, um, is that going to add another column? Do you have room for another column? So <laughs> usually the answer is no, but I want to do it anyway. Uh, so yeah. And who are you, Ansley? Oh, me? Um, I, so I've been freelance for um, almost 10 years now. I'm a web designer and developer, and I live in Jersey City with my partner, Danny, and our 90-pound golden doodle, who inevitably will bark at some point on this recording. Um, and yeah, I I work with Carly. Carly puts on at least one of her hats to work with me and, and my web development business. And it's wonderful to have her. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I um, I forgot to say that I live in Memphis, Tennessee, which is in fact where Ansley and I met a thousand million trillion years ago. A thousand million doing, doing theater, summer theater camp when yes. we were like nine. Yeah, about that. Yeah. And it's been a magical journey ever since. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. Uh, great. Well, um, Carly, I wanted to pose a question to you. Um, this was something that was on my mind uh, last week. And, and yeah, just what your opinion is. Would you hop on a Zoom call with very wet hair, like fresh out of the shower? I think it depends on who I was having a Zoom call with. Do you, do you think it is unprofessional? I like I was on a call last Friday and, you know, I just like I had 15 minutes that day to shower. So I was like, I'm going to shower and then I'm not going to have time to dry my hair. And the the my client like commented on it. They weren't like, you know, like mean about it at all. They were just like, have you been in the shower? And what I really wanted to say was, <laughs> no, no, there's a different explanation for why my hair is sopping wet. Um, no, I went swimming. Yeah, no, I was just I was just out swimming in the middle of January. I mean, I don't I don't think it is necessarily unprofessional. I mean, everyone knows that especially now we're trying to kind of fit our days in around our freelance life. Um and yeah, I mean, I do think it it kind of depends on who I'm having calls with. Like I'm in back to back to back meetings today and I'm wearing like a fluffy sweater and a shirt that says vote 12 times on it. Um but all of the people that I'm meeting with are kind of like friend clients, whereas on days that I have like 
fancier client meetings sometimes, I'm like, you should wear a sweater today. <laughs> like, you should look like a person. I always like, and I, I feel silly because a lot of times when I have that feeling of that client is, you know, a person I should put on like a nice top for and lipstick. And I like sign in and they're wearing like an Adidas sweatshirt. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> You're like, oh, I misread the yeah. levels here. Sorry. I do that. Do you do that with your mugs too? Because I've discovered recently that I have to pay attention to which mugs I'm using <laughs> for coffee. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't the only mug that I have that would even like kind of give any semblance of my personality. I've got one that says, you know, in the in the like Star Wars font, Burr shot first. Very nice. So, yeah, so it's a Hamilton and Star Wars joke. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty tame. I have um I have some mugs that a friend of ours gave us for housewarming and one of them is covered in rainbow boobs and the other one is covered in rainbow butts. <laughs> and I love them. They're like the perfect mugs, but sometimes I reach for them and then I am like on a Zoom call drinking coffee and someone is like, are there butts all over your mug? And I'm like, oh God, I should have thought about what mug I was using today. <laughs> no, that that's wonderful. I love that. <laughs> Rainbow butts. So welcome butts. to my life where if you have a Zoom call with me, you might get an interesting mug. Um. Awesome. Well, um, Paige just signed in, so let's see um, if the sound is working and things are good. Oh, great. Hey, Paige. Hi. Can you guys hear me now? Oh, my gosh. So much better. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad. <laughs> I tried to find the most quiet spot in my house where I can't hear anything outside. <laughs> yeah, we can hear you. I can, I can hear really well. Carly? Yes, loud and clear. Amazing. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming and being on our very first episode page. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. That is so exciting that you invited me on to be your first guest. I can't tell you how much that means to me. Well, I just, <laughs> I think that you're such a, like a great person to kick off with because, um, you know, like Carly, you kind of have, you have a couple of different hats that you wear. So I'll let you tell uh, the listeners about um, yourself and your work, and then we'll ask you a bunch of questions. Yes, great. Well, I am a coach and I help women to feel calm around food, money, and beyond. And when I first got started in my coaching career, I was only working with women on intuitive eating. And then as I began working with them on intuitive eating and helping them to feel calm around food, I recognized that behaviors that they had around food were super similar to behaviors that they had around money. So then I invited in some financial coaching and started doing that. Um, and, and now my focus is both food and money and beyond. And that's like, I, 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 I remember, um, so I, I've been working with Paige for, what is it, like seven oh years gosh, now? So many years, and you've been so great, by the way. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Um, but I remember, you know, feeling like a little surprised that you were branching out into budgeting just because it doesn't seem like they're going to overlap a lot. Like, what do you think, like, some of the the big overlaps in the way people treat those, you know, two aspects of their life are? Right. Well, if you think of the way that we can be around food when we're overthinking about food. We're either obsessing about it, having a lot of thoughts about it, thinking about it way more than we want to. Maybe we're focusing on it in a way of dieting, 
um, and if we are focusing on it in a way of dieting, it becomes all about restriction and tracking and keeping count. And it sucks all of the fun out of food, all of the experience, like getting to cook with something and cook with olive oil and garlic and smell the amazing smell and putting together something on a plate and having dinner with your friends and really enjoying it. And I realized that the same thing was happening with women around money. So when they were trying to quote unquote, feel better about money or be better or do better with their money, holding quotes in the air, as I say, all of those things, they would hop over to a super restrictive budget. Just like maybe with food, they'd hop over to a super restrictive calorie counting app or macro counting app where everything became about numbers. It was the same thing with money. So it wasn't so much that they were paying more attention to what they valued and what they wanted to spend their money on. It was more so they would see budgeting as this restrictive thing that kept them from being able to do all the things that they wanted to do in life instead of seeing money as a tool to help them do more of the things that they wanted. That's That's great. That's so interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty fascinating how they cross over. Well, it's also, I was thinking of this as you were talking, Paige, that money and food are both things that we have to handle and deal with every single day. Um, And so often our formal education doesn't teach us anything about either of those things. Right. And then when we are taught about those things, um, and I have done this myself because this is even how I learned about financial coaching, we're taught to split everything into a needs versus wants basis. So when you're doing your budget, first figure out your needs and then figure out your wants. And if you have any goals to move forward, get rid of all of your wants is kind of the way that it is. And same thing with somebody who is like, I'm going to jump on Google and learn how to get healthy. It's like, okay, what what is the phrase? It's like eat to, you either eat to live or live to eat or whatever. It's like they want you to choose between Mm -hmm. one or the other. (laughs) Um, and get rid of all the extra wants, all the enjoyment, um, with food and just, just give yourself what you need. Be really strict with everything. Um, and that's kind of how we're taught. Even when we're taught about budgeting, it's okay, here's everything you need. Spend money only on that and get rid of all the wants so that you can meet your goals. And then it just becomes this fun sucker, right? Where it's like, after a few weeks, you're like, why am I doing this? This sucks. I work so hard to make my money. I don't even want to pay attention to this. I don't want to look at my bank accounts. I don't want to look at my money. This is not fun. And then we want to completely set it aside. So both things can carry a super black and white approach in the conventional ways that we're taught. And and did you like develop, like, are, are you uh, formally trained in like, you know, health and wellness or in, in budgeting, or is this all kind of like an intuitive process that you've developed yourself? So I became a certified health coach through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And then from there, when I discovered how much I loved intuitive eating, I went and did a training with Evelyn Triboli, who wrote the, she's a co-author of the book, Intuitive Eating, and did a training with her to become an certified intuitive eating counselor. 
And then I found um, Dave Ramsey, who my husband and I early on in our marriage followed a lot of his stuff. Uh, And I saw in 2018, he had come out with a financial coach master training program. And so that intrigued me so much. I was like, that sounds so fun. I totally see this connect with food and money. I could get some of that training. And then I could also help women with money as a trained and certified coach. So I went through that training, finished it and became a certified master financial coach, I think is what they call you. Um, And so both where I've been trained in both, but I take a more intuitive approach on the money piece, having my clients approach their finances and their budgets with a a values-based approach where we're looking at their values. We're looking at what brings them joy. We're looking at their goals first before we jump into, okay, what are your needs and your wants? That's super cool. I like I I obviously because I I do your website I I knew a lot of that but I haven't heard you like put it quite in those terms and it's really, um, it, it it's really good um I like it a lot thank you um in terms of I just have like a you know kind of just going to the the running your own business side mm-hmm. you know as as somebody who is you know clearly good with money and your financial goals. How's, how do you find doing, do you, do you do your own books or do you have someone do that for you? I have gone back and forth in my mind about how to do this. So I do my own books and I have someone do my taxes. Um, and right now I find that that just works for me because I am the, Like I am the person in my business. I have a few people like my assistant um, and you and a copywriter and people like that who I contract out to. But because I'm the single employee, I guess you could say, it just is still so easy for me to do my own books. So I do it myself and I keep track of my receipts or any of my monthly expenses and then plug them into a spreadsheet which is just like a spreadsheet for the year. Here's how much I've spent towards my assistant. Here's how much I've spent towards my website. Here's how much I've spent towards supplies, internet, phone, that sort of thing, so that I can give all of that to my CPA at the end of the year. And then my CPA will also um, be in charge of sending out any 1099s and things like that that I need to send out. Yes, we love a spreadsheet. Yes, love a spreadsheet. <laughs> I also track in Google Sheets, oh, so that's good to so know. Great. I have people ask me all the time about if a spreadsheet is good enough. And like you're saying, Paige, if you're keeping up with it and you're able to keep up with it, it's absolutely good enough. And they're wonderful. I love exactly, spreadsheets. Exactly. And I love paying attention to what's going on with my money and where it's going. So I don't mind looking, looking at it. It's not quite something that I'm like, I really want to hand this off where there's many other things in my business where I'm working towards handing those things off. And who knows, maybe one day I will have a bookkeeper, but for now it's something that I still enjoy. And I really don't find that it takes hardly any time at all. Once I have that spreadsheet set up, I think the most important thing for me for a business is having someone do my taxes because that's where someone can come in and say, hey, don't forget about this or um, here's the laws and the rules around this. I can kind of keep track of all the numbers and then somebody can help me officially plug it all in and make the choices that I need to make at the end of the year for taxes and quarterly payments and all that stuff. Yeah, that's that's Carly work. (laughs) That's That's what Carly Carly does. Yes. That's me. She is great at it. (laughs) 
That's me. I'm a tax lady. Yeah. It's it's one of those like um, it's nice to have a second set of eyes, whether that is um, you doing your own books and having a tax preparer just to just to kind of have another look at it and say, like, yes, this is correct, especially when it comes to taxes, which is so bound by laws and regulations and laws and regulations that change wildly um, sometimes from year to year even. Yeah. Carly, are you a CPA? I am not a CPA. I am an enrolled agent, um, which is uh, basically like a high level of tax preparer that is not a CPA. Um, So I focus on taxation rather than a lot of other accounting, though I do also do bookkeeping. But um, yeah, I'm a a tax lady. (laughs) But she has to understand new legislation and I can ignore it. That's great. (laughs) That's true. I, in fact, had to tell a bunch of people yesterday um, who are asking about a bunch of things around the EIDL and the second round PPP stuff. I was like, look, we don't know yet. They're still interpreting it. The IRS actually pushed back this year when they're accepting their first tax returns from like the end of January to February 12th because they were like, uh, I don't know. We have to have time to understand this law that was passed on December 27th. Right. I didn't realize that there was a limit on when you could like start. I, of course, I know there's a deadline. I didn't know that there was a start line, I guess. There is. Usually it's like um, like sometime January 21st through 25th, somewhere in that range. But this year they were like, just kidding, February 12th. Just don't don't bother oh us until gosh. we've had time to read through this stuff. That is Basically. so funny. I didn't know that there was a start <laughs> limit either. I literally have plugged into my calendar this Saturday, like start preparing your taxes to start getting ready. But I love knowing now I have till February 12th. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you can start doing it like my professional software for taxes. Um, I can prepare drafts of things, but then it won't let me file it because it'll say form 1040 2020 is in draft form, blah, 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 blah. And so it's like, okay, cool. I'll just get it ready and then wait till the 12th, I guess. Okay. Got it. Exactly. Um, well, shifting away from taxes, which I know yes. I, we, we could definitely talk about for like 45 more minutes um, and the people would love it. Yeah, um, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Paige, um, before before you like uh, went to, um, you know, get your health coach training certification, um, did you work like a more traditional nine to five or have you kind of always been freelance? So I have been freelance for a long time time. I did not have a traditional nine to five. So before I went to my coach training program, which I was, how old was I? I think I was 20 when I enrolled and I am 29 now will be 30 this year. And before it's a big one, congratulations. Thank you so much (laughs) before that from about, I'd say like 18, 17, 18, I babysat while I was living at home with my parents. And then when I moved out, I became like a super babysitter. Like there's no term for it, but where I wasn't a nanny specifically for one family, but I babysat for like every family in my town. So I worked from like 7 a.m. to, gosh, if it was a Friday or Saturday night and parents were going out like 2 a.m. sometimes. So I had a ton of hours that I was babysitting and then I was in school for nursing. So I was going to become a nurse. So growing up, I thought I was going to be a teacher. I had 
such a love for teaching. And then when I was in high school and I was meeting with college counselors, the counselor who I was meeting with was like, no, 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 you don't want to be a teacher. And here's all the reasons why. Like, it seems like it would be a fun job, but all the politics surrounding it are very bad. And I was like, well, that sounds terrible. So I racked my brain through, okay, what do the other women in my family do? Okay, I have like a nurse, someone does a daycare, someone's a realtor. And I kind of just went through and I was like, well, my mom was a nurse. Like, maybe I can be good at nursing. I guess I'll go towards nursing. So I wrote down right then and there, for my major, nursing. And then I started going to school for nursing. And I was in my last prereq class, which was microbiology. And I personally hated it. (laughs) I liked some of my other classes, but I was just like, why am I doing this? And I had seen IIN, Institute for Integrative Nutrition, floating around online for like a year and had kind of thought, because I had started my blog by this point, that looks really cool. Wouldn't that be cool if I could do that? But I don't know if I could do that. Can people really start their own business as a health coach? Nobody even knows what that is. And was going through all of these thoughts in my mind. And finally, I remember having a conversation with my mom where I was like, okay, I really want to do this health coaching thing. I'm already connecting with women through my blog. They're messaging me. I get to message back with them. It feels so meaningful. And I want to help them in a more one-on-one and direct way. Instead of being in a hospital clinical setting, this just feels like if I could make it work, that is what I want. And I remember her saying to me, she was like, oh, Paige, all I want is for you to do what makes you happy and then we went through the conversation of but you just have to understand if i'm going to help you with school financially it it can't be a thing where it's you know you do your health coach training program and then you decide five years later okay hey mom i need help with school financially (laughs) she's like i have to make my own plans too so ultimately that's a very supportive mom so so supportive and so in that moment i was like okay that's all i needed to hear is that i had your support And we hopped on the phone that day called the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And I started my health coach training program like a month later. And I remember I had it in my head. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make this work, but I'm going to do everything that they tell me. And I am just not going to stop until I get to where I want to be. And somehow that thought just gave me so much peace of mind and ease and permission to not know how to not need to know how to do it all at first and to just start and do everything I could to figure it out along the way. And it gave me the faith to know I'll end up where I want to be at some point. And so I just went for it and left all the nursing stuff behind. Well, and you kind of ended up back at square one with being a teacher, right? I mean, being a coach is very similar to being a teacher. Totally. You are teaching people constantly. Yes, absolutely. I love that. I have I have thought about that at times. Like, how, how cool is it that the little girl me, who I still resonate with so much, that she wanted to be a teacher, and I still get to have such an element of that in my career now. This is such a great story. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's awesome. Um, and, and just like when you were taking those steps and, you know, like if you had, if you had gone into nursing or even traditional teaching, you know, you'd have like the institution that does like, you know, billing clients and sending you your paycheck and all of that stuff. And, and, you know, starting out, I, I know that, um, 
uh, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition does some training on like, here are the business type skills you're going to have to have to, you know, go in this business, but like to basically not have the safety net of an institution behind you. Was that like, I mean, just kind of a thing you were like, I'm just going to move forward. Or was that scary? Or was that exciting? Like the freedom of, of like kind of making your own path? Oh my gosh. I think it's both so exciting and so terrifying, (laughs) right? Because you're like, okay, if I have this institution behind me that's sending me a paycheck, the thought is I know it will always be there, which I think this last year in 2020 has shown us all so much that, wow, that's also not always the case. Um, So many unexpected things can happen and life just is unexpected. But so yes, definitely both terrifying, especially at I guess at any at any age it's terrifying. But what I felt around the age of 20 was that I was supposed to be making all of these choices to decide who I wanted to be for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I thought I was headed in one direction and then I purposefully decided to stop heading that direction. And so for me that felt like okay, this is all on you. You're taking a big risk. And so that felt scary. But then the exciting part of it was, but this stuff that I want to do, this coaching business, this getting to talk with women about food and helping them to find calm around food, just like I did, and to know that they don't have to diet and to enjoy food and to enjoy their life and to move beyond food. That gave me so much excitement knowing that that was something I could talk about all day, every day that I was willing to make the jump. Um, But something I've been learning recently that I feel is such a helpful thing to talk about is that fear and excitement, for example, we can use those two emotions since we were just talking about them. Those are going to be present with us all the time just because we're human and this is life. And so deciding Well, if they're always going to be present, I'm always going to have fear and I'm always going to have excitement and that's not bad or good. That's just normal. Then which career do I want to bring those emotions into it with me? If that makes sense. So I'm going to have those emotions if I pursue coaching and I'm going to have those emotions if I pursue nursing. They're both going to be there and they're just emotions and I can manage through them. So if this is what I really want to do, coaching, I may as well just accept that they're going to be there no matter what, and that they're normal and not bad, and then go for the thing I really want to do. That's wonderful and beautiful. <laughs> and thank you for sharing that. Um, I I feel, uh, you know, that resonates with me a lot right now. You know, I'm, I'm trying some new things, I'm, obviously, this podcast being one of them and just like, going for it. Which is so Um, awesome that you're just going for it. And it's kind of like one of those things of, great, let's do it. I want to do this. I can figure it out how it works along the way. And you are potentially starting your own podcast, right? Yes, I'm going for it. (laughs) I decided it's a podcast wonderland. It's a podcast wonderland. Exactly. Same thing. I'm going for it with the same mentality of not quite sure how to do this. It'll be a lot of fun and we'll figure it out along the way. And there will be bumps and those bumps are welcome. (laughs) 
I'm I'm currently terrified that like all of this wonderful stuff that you just told us is like going to disappear because I, I like I keep checking Zoom and like it says it's recording and I'm like that <laughs> it says it's recording it's recording <laughs> yes it's recording um, we're good <laughs> just chill I um, also see the flashing red light so we're good okay great same same so Paige I also wanted to talk about so um. You did uh, a rebrand. So you were talking about having your blog before you did um, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, um, which was, was that Healthy Hits the Spot? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I mean, to me, it's obvious because we talked about it so much, but, you know, talk about why you decided to rebrand under your name. Okay. So when I first started my blog, I called it Healthy Hits the Spot. And the whole premise was my focus before starting my blog for six years when I was really obsessed with food and really obsessed with controlling the size of my body to be as small as I thought it would that it needed to be, which was uncomfortably small and very hard to manage. Um, when I started the blog, it was that I had had this realization, okay, being thin is not what is going to make me happy. And that might seem so simple to some people like, duh, of course. But for me and for so many of the women that I talk to, there's this idea that if I could just lose weight, if I could just be smaller, if I could just lose five to 10 pounds, if I could just lose 80 pounds, whatever it is, then I would be happy. And for my own story, I realized okay, no matter how much weight I lose or keep losing, I get used to that weight very quickly and then I'm still not happy. And then if my belief is that I need to lose weight in order to be happy, then I'm stuck in this cycle of, I just need to keep losing weight. And it was never fulfilling. So it was this very unsatisfying experience that kept me in this place of striving that never resulted in me actually being satisfied. And so healthy hits the spot was where I started to realize it's not being thin that will make me happy, but working towards being healthy at this time will. That was my belief. If I could just be healthy, then that will make me happy. And it wasn't if I could just be healthy, like it was some out in the future thing. It was that I was already doing things that made me feel healthier. And I have to share coming from my own story and experience, because I was so attached to being thin, if somebody at that point years ago would have said, Paige, you look so healthy. I swear to you, it would send me into a tailspin of, oh my God, that means that they've noticed that I've gained weight. And if they've noticed that I've gained weight, here are all these things that they must be thinking about me. Um, and it was, it healthy to me was still something that was so far out of reach, but that I wanted to reach for so that I could focus on just behaviors that felt healthier and weren't so obsessive. So I started the blog to share that journey. I shared what I ate in a day to share, look, you can have some pasta or look, you can go out to dinner with your friends and still be happy and healthy and that sort of thing. So after I had done that for a number of years, and then I had discovered intuitive eating, and I really got more in touch with listening to my body and what that meant. And I got further and further away from that deep desire and need to just be as thin as I could possibly be. Um, everything, my coaching, 
business, everything started to evolve. And then after, let's see, I think I made that change in about 2016 or 17. And so that would have been like five or six years after I started my business. And I made the change from Healthy Hits the Spot to just be Paige Schmidt. Com. So Paige Schmidt LLC became my business. And the reason I wanted to brand is just under myself is because my thought was, well, who knows what I'll want to do in the future. I've already seen this kind of evolution of my business. And there might be other things that are beyond food that I want to talk about. So I'll just brand this whole business as myself. I felt safe to do that because I saw other people in this space and just in owning your own business doing that. Um, And so I made that decision to switch just so that I could have more, more room to expand and to, to choose um, the route that I wanted to keep going. And I'm, I'm sure that you can find other things that people think obsessively on that they would do better to just really get in tune with their actual goals yes. and, and take it from there. Exactly. Well, that's great. Um, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I love that you're whispering. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, wonderful. Well, um, tell us about what other fun, exciting things you've got coming up. You've got the podcast, when, when are you launching that? When can people start looking for that? I will be launching that February 2nd of 2021, as of talking right now. Um, and I'm so excited to launch that. So many things are changing in my business this year. Uh, so I'm expecting a daughter. We're having a, a little girl in... Congratulations. Thank Congratulations. You. Thank you in March. And so when she arrives, when I go back to just full-time working, I will be moving all of my coaching from one-on-one coaching into a more group level membership coaching, which I already have set up. And will you know, because you helped me set up the whole thing and it's currently called the growth vault. Um, and I'm wanting to do some rebranding around that too, just around changing the name. And again, that's just like another one of those things where it's like the evolution of the name. When the idea first came to me, I was like, okay, the growth vault. I have all these courses that I've created in the past and I was no longer selling them. Like they were no longer for sale. They had, they had, they were, they were done. They were just kind of sitting there and I was like, I can, they're so great. I can put them into this vault and then I can create a coaching membership around it where women can go through these, these courses and then they can hop on coaching calls with me once a month in a group setting and get coaching um, and access all of these courses. And so the growth vault was the name for that. Well, now, because I'm making that the center of my business, I want the name to represent something that's more like ongoing growth. And as I grow you're growing because I'm putting in new courses from what I learn and I'm doing all of my coaching there. So weekly coaching, um, adding in like four new courses this year and wanting to update the name and all of that. So that's happening too. So I plan to use like the podcast, the blog, the newsletter, tie all of those things together to get to lead more women into the growth vault, new name pending, (laughs) um, to do coaching with me this year. 
Well, congratulations and good luck with all of that. Thank you. Thank you. This is the next um, thing that we talked about when you asked, like, is there fear and excitement? This is the next thing that I have where there's both of those things present because it's such a big change that there's some fear and I am just welcoming it and starting with the mindset again, restarting with the mindset that I had in the beginning of I'll figure it out along the way and I can see where I want to be and I'll just keep going until I get there. And I feel like that fear that you are talking about is also an indication that it's something that we care about, right? Yes. Like if if we could be excited about things, but if there's no fear associated with it at all, then the stakes are probably pretty low. Um, but if there is, if there are stakes that we care about and we want to do things well, then I think that's where often our fear comes into play. So I think- like you've been saying, feeling fear is healthy. It's a good thing sometimes. Um, I did have a question for, I think both of you actually, since it's a new year and since as all of us are running our own businesses and trying to manage, you know, a bunch of different facets of our businesses, um, is there currently at the beginning of this year, a specific tool or, um, system or something in particular that you just like can't live without right now? Do you want me to go first, Stansley? Yeah, yeah, um, that'd be good. <laughs> I, I use quite a few tools in my business, but the one that I am focused most on right now is just using my Google, Google Calendar and plugging in through the week, through my work days, scheduling in all of my tasks. So what I mean by that is no longer using a to-do list, but at the beginning of the week, I will grab a blank sheet of paper. I will write down everything that I want to do for the week, and I will take every single one of those items and give them a time and space in my calendar so I know that they're happening, I know when they're happening, and I know that they have the space to get done. And I also know how much I have time for in one week. So I've been doing that this year and it has helped me so much to just move forward on the things that I want to move forward on without letting too much of that fear or wondering like exactly how I'm going to do things get in the way. Instead, it's just like Monday morning, you're going to wake up at this time, write out your podcast. An hour later, you're going to record that podcast. When you're done recording it, you're going to send it over to your assistant and she's going to edit it. So it's plugging in to do's to my calendar in a way that's like results oriented. So instead of work on your podcast, it's write your podcast, record your podcast, send it over. Yeah. Specific actionable items. Totally. Um, Related. Mine is my planner, which I've moved finally from being a paper planner to being what appears to be a paper planner, but lives inside my iPad. So It functions similarly to a paper planner, but it's digital. Um, but I also can't live without mine. If if something's not in the planner, it doesn't exist. Yes. Do you have Do you have a particular app you use for that, Carly? Um, I purchased a um, template uh, from Etsy, and I use it in GoodNotes. Um, so I just imported the template, and it has like. I've used the same style of planner since I was in college uh, because I figured out that it worked for me. It's a vertical planner that has um, 
times mm-hmm. time slots every 15 minutes mm-hmm. um, so that I can like block out like Paige was saying entire blocks of my day where I'm like okay from 8 to 9 30 you're gonna work on this and from 9 30 to 10 30 you're in a meeting and whatever that is um so I I can't remember the name of the person that I purchased it from on Etsy I'm sure it's in my account but we'll find it and put it in the show notes yeah Wait. we can do that Hansley, what's your thing? Uh, You know, really similar, actually, to what y'all are saying, but something that I discovered last year. So I used to use a paper planner, and I would would basically just write out, like, to-dos, but I I wouldn't pay attention to how long those things were going to take me to actually execute. And so I would have, like, a list of 10 things, and it's only 10 things, but, like, if even some of those are going to take me an hour, now I've blocked out, like, seven or eight hours of things I need to do for work. And like, I'm also going to have calls and other things that are not on that list. And so I just wasn't being realistic about my time. And I would have to kick things down the the line. And I couldn't tell clients when things were going to be done more reliably. Um, And so I've been using a program or it's an app online called getplan.co. And it integrates with your Google Calendar. So every time I put a meeting on my Google Calendar, it's basically like what you were saying, Carly, where it's just got the hours um, kind of all in a row. But all of my Google Calendar stuff imports automatically. And what I do is I created a, um, it's invisible on my actual Google Calendar. So it doesn't like junk up the calendar in the calendar view in Google Calendar. But on this website, it's just got like the hours all in a row from, you know, 12 a.m. all the way down to, you know, or yeah, all the way down to 12 p.m. that night. And of course, I'm not scheduling stuff, uh, all those hours. But then I can actually be like, so today my 10 a.m. to 12 was run, shower, and emails. And like, I know I'm going to spend two hours running and showering and emails. So I just made it one item, but like, I've got a block for that. And just trying to, you know, actually make more of a, to know how long something is going to take me and actually block out the time. And it's really made me a lot more cognizant of how much I can get done in a day. So like, I know that I can't, usually get 10 client projects done in a day. I can get like four. So it's just made me a lot more realistic about my schedule and what I can get done. So I have really enjoyed that tool. Uh, it's called getplan.co and I it's free and I love it. I feel like this is a great like first episode discussion to have. It's like, okay, freelancers out there, everyone find a way to manage your time. Yes, yes seriously. Totally. Otherwise it becomes, it's just so overwhelming. And so like you were talking about, like just managing your clients and knowing the things you want to get back to them. I was thinking about this for photographers too, wondering how they do it. Cause they're like, okay, I had six photo shoots and now I have to get all of your photos back to you within the next three weeks. But next week, I have another six photo shoots. I was like, I wonder how they schedule their time to call and edit all those photos after every photo shoot. I can't imagine. I feel like all of my friends who are photographers are up until like three in the morning yes. editing photos. Totally, totally. That sounds like a lot. I feel like that's one thing that I need to work on is re- like remembering to schedule the next steps after you know, the first, so like the first photographer, the first step is the photo shoot, but then also taking the next step to schedule in when I'm going to edit those things. I don't schedule far enough in advance. So like when I'm starting a web project, I'm like, okay, I'm going to spend two hours doing initial homepage designs, but I don't then schedule the revisions. 
I like wait until I hear back from the client. But like if I already had that in my schedule, I think that I could be even more effective with my time. And I just I I like I have a block on thinking that far ahead. So I should probably try to work on that. Well, it's also hard when you're waiting for other people to give you things, right? Like you can't fully schedule things if you're waiting on someone else. I've started doing this thing this year where I block out entire days where I won't take meetings um, because I am a hyper focuser where if I can like sit down and focus and no one will talk to me for nine hours, I can pound out an enormous amount of work. Um, So I've started being like, you know what? I just can't have meetings at least two days a week because then I can get so much more work done. Yes. 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 That that is a critical change I've made to my business. Um, I think I I started doing this like four months ago where I was just like, I'm going to condense all of my client meetings. So obviously it's a Wednesday today that we're recording. Um, But uh, I have scheduling all of my client meetings on Tuesdays and Thursdays so that on Monday, on Mondays, I can Monday and Friday, I can do design work. And on Wednesday, I'm going to be doing podcast work now. Um, and I can like fit in work around it on Tuesday and Thursday. But now I find that my Tuesdays and Thursdays are like back to back calls for many hours, but then it's done. And I've spent that brain space doing calls. And then I can spend brain space uh, doing design. And like, for me, I do have to have like a particular brain space to be able to be a creative designer. And being interrupted by phone calls is just not conducive to that energy. So yes. it's been really good for me. So great. Um, my coach brain is going off right now with a quote that I learned recently <laughs> that helped me so much to feel really good about being able to plug all these things in. Um, Cause I think I resisted plugging everything in for a while because I was like, well, I value flexibility and I have my own business. And so because I have my own business, I get this flexibility. So I don't want to build in too much and take that away. But a quote I heard was that um, burnout does not come from taking action. Burnout comes from taking action from negative emotion. And when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, my mind is so blown right now because when I can plug these things in ahead of time and like Ansley's saying, plan in advance. So plan the podcast episode, but then also plan when you're doing, going to write the show notes and then when you're going to edit it and then when it's going to go live, like planning ahead for the rest of the project too. I am so much more able to take action from a very positive emotion of showing up for that day and knowing, okay, everything's laid out for me. Here's what I'm doing today. Instead of trying to catch up on that long list of 10 different things to do that I might not actually get to today. That makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you so much, Paige. Um, It's been amazing having you on. I think um, that our listeners are going to have a ton of valuable, amazing information. Um, And can you just remind people where they can find you? Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on too. Um, you can find me at pageschmidt.com, P-A-I-G-E, Schmidt, S-C-H-M-I-D-T, or at Paige Schmidt on Instagram. Perfect. Well, thank you again. And I'm sure that I will be talking to you soon about uh, the branding for <laughs> your new you. um, project. So, yes. But uh, thank you again. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Paige. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. I'll be in touch, Ansley. Thank you, too. All right, bye. All right, bye, Paige. Carly, that was so good. Hello, yay. Yay, we recorded our first episode of a podcast. I know, I think that went really well. I know, I think it was super fun. Yay.
Um, was there anything else? Okay, so um, yeah, I think I think just an outro now, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So um, we would love to do listener questions in the future, but um, we don't uh, have any of those yet. So if you have a question, um, please send it to freelancerwatercooler at gmail.com. Or if you find um, a ridiculous job posting, uh, we're about to read one. We're going to try to cap every episode by reading one. So if you find one of those, please also email that to freelancerwatercooler at gmail.com. Um, I'm Ansley Phones. Thank you for listening. Um, you can learn more about my work at ansleyphones.com. And Carly, tell tell everyone where they can find you. I'm Carly Crawford, and you can find me at carlydoesbooks.com. Carly is spelled like Carly Simon, C-A-R-L-Y. Wonderful. I will have all of those links, including um, links to Paige uh, on our show notes. Um, also, thank you to Caroline Formy for our theme song, which, Carly, you haven't heard yet. Oh, my God. It's so good. Um, I'm so excited. I love Caroline, so it's going to be great. And you can find more of her amazing work at carolineformy.com, also linked in our show notes. Um, and, Carly, why don't you read that job interview for us? Okay, dokie. <laughs> Literally, it's on the Memphis board, and it says sports lifestyle. That's the heading. So uh, if you are looking for a job, uh, the compensation is listed as between $50,000 and $200,000. And the employment type is employee's choice. So (laughs) the listing is for sports lifestyle. And there's a picture of a baseball diamond. And it literally says... Get paid for sports. We'll work with max of three in area. Work from sports bar, any ballpark, Vegas, or right from home. Also make great money at sporting events. World Series, Super Bowl, Masters, Daytona, Final Four, etc. Great money in your own sports mini franchise. Income target, 50 to 200K. Serious only. Call now for free recorded info. (laughs) That's quite an income range. Yeah.